0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is the Choose Your Own Horror Podcast Review Adventure Season 2 Episode 1. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. On this episode, we are looking at a brand new season of the Choose Your Own Horror Podcast Review Adventure, kicking off with a, a selection of movies that I put out for voting by you guys, the listeners, To say these are movies by Masters of Horrors I've never seen. So where do we go? And you guys settled on the George Romero, Stephen King adaptation called The Dark Half from 1993. A movie that I am very familiar with but have never seen. So I sat down and watched it last night and after the first break you will find out my thoughts, my musings on that. At the end of this episode I will put out the next four choices for you that we can go which are tangentially linked back the dark calf. that's right it's as simple as that these episodes are always easy breezy and it makes me feel good to do them we we right through them and then give the power back to the people to dictate where we go next now on this episode and um, we also at the start like to give out a little bit of an update as to what is happening under the stairs this has been a busy week very 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 busy week we kicked it off at the beginning with uh, a little bit of the summer teapots top 10 series looking at 1991 and in between that we have launched um, more stuff haven't we? we we have piled on the pressure always giving you that dirty 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 pressure we had the July report looking back over the entire month of July. The big news, stories, releases and what podcasts Under the Stairs did in that month. We also dropped Movie Club, a little bit Satan Satan's Sleeves available on Shudder and you have about four weeks to get your review in for that one. And now, like I say, we're back to doing the Choose Your Own Horror Podcast review adventure before returning and closing out the week tomorrow with In the Eye of the Hurricane, this number 37 of the 88 films, Italian collection so there we go nice and easy i keep watching italian classics because those ones are bona fide classics unlike that slasher collection if you know what i mean high five anyone high five nope leave me hanging monday we'll kick off the summer teapots top 10 series looking at 1992 but let's just get right into this so we're going to take a very short break just now you're going to hear promos for shows that i love you're going to hear a little bit of music you're also then going to hear the trailer for the dark half this is movie number one of season two of the Choose Your Own Horror Podcast Review Adventure, and we're going to be right back to review that movie right after this. Hey, everybody! This is Tim Dorn. My name is Gareth Evans. Hi, I'm Nacho Vigalondo, director of Time Cranks and Open Windows.
1: Hey, this is Graham Skipper.
2: Hola, soy Macarena Gomez.
1: Hello, this is number one New York Times bestselling author Scott Sigler. Yo, monkeys! It's me, D-D-P.
2: And you are listening to The Little
1: Pod
2: of Horrors. Which, as you know,
1: is the best damn idea since premarital sex on Halloween. Jason Voorhees! It'll make you come hard. And that's not a bad thing. That monkey is a good thing.
2: You can find The Little Pot of Horrors on simplysyndicated.com and on iTunes. a secret
1: i know all about it.
2: a piece of himself he keeps hidden you
1: just don't want to give up george you become attached to him
2: locked away until he needs it these behaviors could be interpreted as schizophrenia away from the light safe in the shadows i wrote those words and i have no recollection of doing it but sometimes secrets take on a life of their own thad beaumont thought he didn't need george stark anymore the american way of death
0: that's it
2: he served his purpose time to lay him to rest but george is not about to go quietly you really don't realize what you like when you write those books do you it's like watching jackal turning the hide no! we're here to question you in connection with the capital crime evidence says you did it george stark has somehow come to life Hello, George. I've come closer to believing a ghost story than this. You're talking about a man who never was. He wants to take over your life. Can't you see that? Based upon a book by Stephen King comes George A. Romero's masterful vision of a nightmare come true. Are you ready? Just waiting on you.
0: The Dark Half. And welcome back. So you've just had the trailer for this movie, feature movie, uh, we're going to be discussing, which is The Dark Half from 1993. It's officially released in the UK in 94, so it was that weird time period where things were getting released. Um, six months to a year in the States before the UK, just depending on the title. Um, this one is directed by George A. Romero, Master of Horror George A. Romero, and is based on the Stephen King novel of the same name, but the screenplay was adapted by George A. Romero. Um, The cast listing for this one is Timothy Hutton, Amy Madigan, (laughs) I can't speak, Michael Rooker, Julie Harris, Robert Joy, Kent Brockhurst, Beth Grant, uh, Tom Marderosian, Larry John Myers, Patrick Brannan, and Royal Dano. The synopsis for this one is, a writer's fictional alter ego wants to take over his life at any price. So, right, this Rosa I had never seen but did the audiobook a while ago. So the book's from the 80s, I want to say it's like 88 or 89, and I remember kind of digging it. It's quirky. It's Stephen King writing about you know authors, uh, which is a territory he enjoys to revisit. And to be honest with you, I enjoy when he revisits them. Um, there's also the whole link in with the Castle Rock sort of contingent, that um, kind of grander sort of universe that Stephen King builds through those stories that are main. And I'm actually not sure because I've never watched the Castle Rock TV show, although it is on my list. I'm not sure if this has already been woven into that series or if there is intentions moving forward to do so. But yeah, essentially what you have in this film is you have this very kind of successful author who is, well, you have this, author who is kind of known for writing very well received very highbrow sort of you know affairs and literature and he also goes by a pseudonym his pseudonym George Stark is what he uses to write these kind of really schlocky kind of murder Kind of graphic thriller sort of novels, kind of noirish at times, but for the most part, definitely this like leans into the the kind of score murder sort of thing. And what we find out is that as times goes on, the duality of this situation means that our, our main character, who's Thad, by the way, classic American name, Thad Beaumont. Um, and his alter ego is George Stark. I find that as he's trying to kind of move away from this or try to expunge the, the kind of shamefulness that he has towards making these less appealing novels to the literary establishment, um, that actually starts to. Well, he thinks in the first instance that it starts to birth. Um, a, a kind of a, a clone version of himself, uh, this George Stark version as a as a real entity, or maybe this is what's taking over his um, his psyche. So he's like almost losing out to this duality, this second half of his brain. Uh, but what we actually find out is that he had a kind of. He was conjoined, so to speak, he had a parasitic, kinda conjoined twin brother, um which was removed from him, died at childbirth, um and as a result of this, it's kinda his brain is continuing to perpetuate this this evil version of himself. What's really interesting about the story, um notwithstanding things like the use of birds, which I think must be a nod back to like, Hitchcock's birds. It C- can't not be. But what I found really interesting about this one is that we are... 93, this comes out, and within, well, a year's time, a uh, year and a half's time, John Carpenter puts out In the Mouth of Madness, which also deals with the author's effects in the book, Supernatural, uh, the effects of writing something in a book, having... An impact on the physical world do you read Sutter Kane? Um, this sort of example where you kind of think to yourself was John Carpenter very much aware of this because the big thing about In the Mouth of Madness is you read between the lines you can make the case that Carpenter is writing very much about Stephen King um, in this kind of Lovecraftian fashion you it makes you wonder if maybe on some level he had read the Dark Half I don't want to say plagiarism or even homage I, I don't quite know but it feels like there's a bit of common ground it almost feels like they would make an interesting double bill although granted i think in the Mirth of madness is a far superior film by like just generally a better master of horror What kind of struck me about the movie overall is that it falls into that weird camp of Stephen King movies from the kind of very late 80s, early 2000s. These kind of movies which have an almost kind of TV movie feel to the cinematography. And like Needful Things is a great example of that. We recently are about, or if it's not out yet, we were recently about to cover that on the Summer Teapots Top 10 series. And Needful Things is... It has a similar sort of vibe. It feels kind of a TV movie. It's overtly long. I mean this movie's too, just over two hours long which is far too long for a movie of its stature. This movie should be a nice succinct hour and a half. No more than that. Uh, I understand Stephen King puts a lot of stuff in his books and you want to try and transfer them over but there's a lot of hanging time. In this particular one, which is a shame because the casting's pretty fucking strong. When Michael Rooker shows up as your sheriff, you know Duncan is having a good fucking time and he's brilliant in this one. He's, you know, overtly suspicious in a way which I kinda get behind. But what you have here ultimately is like one of these kind of feels like TV movie although the violence and the language belie that so you get this idea of well this actually might feel one way but what we are really getting here is something a bit more adult a bit more graphic Um it also doesn't necessarily feel like a Romero directed movie it's really really weird Um That being said, about the same time period, Romero's involvement in Two Evil Eyes* is something which I've cast a bit of shade on. I don't particularly like his entry in that one, for a lot of the same reasons. I think it's overtly long and has a TV movie vibe about it. You're getting that here as well. It just doesn't feel like it has the panache or the flair that we'd usually expect from a George A. Romero. It doesn't go for the jugular like his zombies usually do. So it's kind of a bit flat there. Also on top of that, out with the, the, the kind of length as well, um I kind of feel like the resolution takes you a long time to get there and then a long time to resolve in the movie. So there's there's pacing concerns f- from my perspective. But that's really the only negative things I could say. I was actually surprised at how well this all came together this is generally one that I hear being used on negative lists of King adaptations, rightly enough when I did my top 10 Stephen King adapted movies from books, um, I kind of overlooked this one completely, I'd done the book and I was like well the book's alright, but I don't think the you know the movie is all that great and every list I've ever seen has kind of shunned it, has kind of knocked it down a little bit, so I don't think it's going to deliver on that, on that promise. And then watching it, I actually thought, you know, I'm having, I'm having quite a lot of fun with this. Yes. I picked up my phone a few times because there's nothing happening on the screen. And uh, yes, it's formulaic AF. I mean, murder happens. Oh, is it me? No, I've got an alibi. Maybe I don't. Murder happens. Oh, is it me? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I've got an alibi. Maybe I don't. Murder happens. Oh, was it me? Maybe it wasn't. Uh, do I have an alibi? No, I don't. You know, this sort of idea, it was rinse and repeat quite a bit through the movie. But what I found is I really enjoyed the family dynamic, um, I really enjoyed the Thad Beaumont character, even though he was ridiculously arrogant, but the George Stark entity himself, the more gnarly he gets, the more kind of, you know, cut up, battered and bruised, Um The more I really dug it, the more I started getting into... It has an almost kind of i Madman-esque quality. That's another movie that would pair really well. There's your triple bill, ladies and gents. Uh, literary, Literary horror on the screen can't say that but you want you want three back to back for a good time you start off with this one go in with needful things you spring into some I madman you close out your night with in the mouth of madness and ladies and gents that's a triple bill that is Duncan McLeish approved um, and you've got a common thread right through it but there was that aspect as well that I enjoyed um, so yeah I, I, I mean it's a difficult one to talk about, really. I mean, it's not remarkable. In the canon of George a. Romero movies, it's probably a lesser Romero entry. It's by nowhere near the worst that the guy did, but certainly nothing that I would be, like, singing from the heavens about. He obviously had that kind of closer working relationship with Stephen King, specifically off the back of Creepshow, that I think, you know, when you look at that, I think, you know, that's kind of cool. I enjoy a lot of what's going on here, but I don't love... A lot of what's going on here. It entertains for sure, but its runtime would put me off sitting back down to do a revisit on it any time soon. Like I say, the cast is great and the acting's pretty cool. The effects are kind of awesome as well. We're still at a kind of combination of using some practical effects where we can, but at the same time also delving out and trying some of this uh, digital effects, specifically around the bird stuff, which doesn't work great. The end sequence as well, which has a kind of birds floating off into the pink clouds of outer space thing, um, doesn't really work for me either as a kind of like, massive crescendo to everything we built up for before. What was kind of interesting was you've got two little twins in this one as well, two little twin kids who are put in surprising peril on this movie. More than once, in fact, one is shot at and the bullet barely misses them. Which I think is, and then there's also the threat of like a, a like a kind of retractable carpet blade being left on the floor beside one of them. That when I'm watching that, I'm like, child peril is just something you don't see a lot of in, in horror movies, especially infant peril. And yeah, that kind of felt refreshing as well. Very much aware I'm all over the place on this review but it's kind of just how I felt when watching it last night. It was a lot better than what I expected it to be, however it falls short of something that I would expect from the Master of Horror, George Romero, even something like penned by Stephen King. It was an enjoyable watch for sure, if you've not seen it before I would definitely say check it off your list like I say, I don't think I'll be going back to it anytime soon. And if you were wanting to watch it but were concerned from my review, try that trouble, that, that kind of triple, double, triple double bill? That triple bill, uh, and sit down and check that out and see how you get on with it. I think in the context of other movies which do similar things, slightly schlockier and better, in a lot of respects, that might work. In terms of grades for this one, it's a 3.5 out of 5, somewhere between I liked it and really liked it. Um, I'm going to go back and check the book out actually. It's been a few years since I I did that one. I always remember kind of enjoying that one quite a bit and I think I enjoy it more than I enjoy this movie which should surprise no one when it comes to King adaptations. But yeah, this was a good one. It was a good choice. I I can't thank you enough for picking it. And uh, yeah, 3.5 ain't nothing to fuck with. So let's turn our attention to where we can go next. We have four unspeakable choices to take us off in our second episode of season two. And like I said before at the start, when we do these choices here, they are tangentially linked to the movie we've just reviewed. So when I say tangentially linked, that could be through um, similar plot devices, it could be through um, same director, maybe composer, similar actors, a theme. Um, so yeah, we'll kind of cover most of those bases in the four suggestions coming up. So the first suggestion that you could choose for the next episode is Castle of Blood, which is an Italian gothic horror movie from 1964 directed by the late great Antonio Margarete. Um That one has a writer at its core so you can see how I've linked that one back, that's its tangential link. The next one we could go with is also based on a Stephen King novel, so you can see how I linked that one tangentially. This one might surprise you though that I've never seen this one. It's Thinner from 1996, directed by Tom Holland, so that is your second option. Your third option is a movie that stars Michael Rooker, so that's my tangential link there. It's an indie horror movie from 2010 called Hypothermia, directed by James Felix McKenney. And then the very last one is about twins. It's twin horror with Seconds Apart from 2011, directed by Antonio Negret. So that's your four options. You could choose Castle of Blood from 1964, Thinner from 1996, Hypothermia from 2010, or Seconds Apart from 2011. No extra rules on top of this one. It's just a plain review. Where should we go next in our journey? You let me know. The poll will drop on the day this episode comes out which is today the day that i'm recording it and then you get about three or four days to make your voice heard and send us off on the next part of our journey right i'm gonna take my final break when i come back and am out the show and i'm doing it right after this you're listening to the podcast under the stairs and you've been listening to the podcast under the stairs this has been the choose your own horror podcast review adventure season two episode number one looking at georgie romero's the dark half hopefully you enjoyed that review and it's given you a little bit of food for thought now like i said just before we jumped in our break we have four options of where we can go next so the choices are in your hands ladies and gents on the poll that will now be active on the facebook group page for about four days after the date of this release, so it'll be probably selected and down by about Tuesday, Wednesday time, we'll know where we're going next. Your four options were really simple, Castle of Blood from 1964, it's a gothic horror Italian movie directed by Antonio Margheriti. we could do Thinner from 1996, it's a horror movie based on Stephen King um, by director Tom Holland. Hypothermia from 2010, it's an American indie horror movie which stars Michael Rooker, directed by James Felix McKenney, or Seconds Apart, which is twin horror. From 2011, directed by Antonio Negra. So that is your options, ladies and gents. As always, there's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs, as always, as always, ladies and gents, as I keep saying, as always, because I always say it, and you guys should always know that I'm going to always say it. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, come across, subscribe to the feed, that way you get the shows as and when they drop. And if you leave us a little bit of a rating and review over there, it's the best way to support us on that platform. It makes me fucking happy, and don't you want to make me fucking happy? You can also check us out at Stitcher Smart Radio SoundCloud, Google Play, TuneIn and Spotify. Visit our website, it's and if you want to buy merch, you can do that by going to tputtscast.bigcartel.com. Simple. Join us on Facebook if you want to interact with other listeners, post what you're watching, get involved with horror trailers, polls, like the poll for choice on this episode. Then you can do it by going to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash cast If you're only interested, however, and in when the shows are dropping or occasionally check out a live stream on Thursday Thursday, then that's the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash you can interact with myself and the Baz on the twin prongs of social media, sexiness, Instagram and Twitter. Both can be followed at t And if you're one of the new kids on the block using that Flick Chat app, you can join us by pressing the plus button on the app, join by code and typing in THE PODCAST UNDER THE STAIRS, all lowercase, and that will bring you across to our group. It's like a giant message board forum for podcasts under the stairs listeners. It is a ton of fun, so get involved. The podcast Under the Stairs will return to you tomorrow with In the Eye of the Hurricane. That is disc number 37 of the Italian collection by 88 Films. But until then, wherever you are, what the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from Under the Stairs. Ladies and gents, I am signing off.